Welcome to the show, sports fans. This is the Treasure Valley PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. That's right. Welcome in another edition of the Treasure Valley PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. Talking about District 3, weekend, uh, most weeks in, most weeks out. Brandon Banning joined, as always, by our Treasure Valley resident and expert, Logan Green. Logan, what's up? Hey, Brandon. Yeah, it's a good good weekend of, of football all around the state, and uh, it, it's crazy we're making the turn to basketball, but uh, just, just to, it was fun, right? We were covered every single state championship this week at Idaho Sports. Um, I was down on the field for both the 5A and the 3A games. Um, you were over at everything else, but it was just fun. It was good to see us. So, you know, we got everything for you covered. All Every game we were at, and, uh, just, just really good people covering those games for us. Yeah, you know, that is our slogan. If you look behind me here, we've got you covered. <laughs> so, we do. We um, do. Okay, so fans are probably wondering, where in the bleep have you guys been for the last two weeks? Well, <laughs> uh, last week we yeah. did our uh, state football preview show. That was kind of the placeholder for the Treasure Valley Prepcast. The week prior to that, I had every intention of doing the show, but uh, life got in the way a little bit, uh, some life changes and all of that good stuff. Logan, basically, uh, I live in Pocatello currently, but soon I will be moving to Coeur d'Alene up North. And so we were working breaking on that. news, breaking news, right? So there's a move somewhere in my future. It won't affect anything here. I mean, We'll still do the podcast every week. It doesn't matter where I live. So, uh, but that's why I wasn't here two weeks ago. I, I try to be fully transparent with why there wasn't a show last week. So we're back in the saddle. We're recording this uh, the week of Thanksgiving to make up for it. Logan, you're actually at your in-laws house to celebrate the holiday, right? Yep. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> and and we're I'm hitting the road later this week as well for, for Thanksgiving. So uh, yeah, again, Sorry we missed a couple weeks, but we are back at it, and we'll be here uh, every week moving forward. Um, I wanted to, to talk about, first, before we get to the football championships, uh, state swimming was held two weeks ago, and so there was a lot of, like there is every year, there were some really impressive Treasure Valley teams um, that came through and, and did really well. Let's start on the 5A boys' side, Logan. I don't know that I've ever seen a state competition that was so dominated by one team. And we saw Rocky Mountain dominate cross country earlier this year on the boys side. We saw the Skyview volleyball team run right. rampant everybody, but Boise on the boys side won the five, a swimming title with 375 points. I mean, this is just unheard of. Yeah. I mean, if you look at third place, Timberline had 97. They, they, it was 300 points between first and third. That's a pretty big gap. And I mean, we've seen this with other sports from our Treasure Valley teams, right? Golf. We saw that in golf this year. Um, I, I believe it was Bishop Kelly, right? That just kind of blew everybody away in, in golf this year. And, and, you know, we've got a lot of great in those quote individual sports, uh, great athletes around the area right now. Yeah. It was really impressive. So here are the highlights. Uh, here are your individual champions uh on the 5a boys side um all of these athletes are from boise obviously when you put up 375 points you're gonna have a lot of individual event winners but also high placers uh milo shu won the 50 freestyle 
and the 100 freestyle. In the process, he set two new state records. So Milo Shu uh, did the 50 freestyle in 20.96 seconds. The previous record was Josh Sutton of Centennial in 2019, 21.41. So he shaved off a half a second and set a new yeah. state record. And, and, and then in the 100 freestyle, new record of 46.41. Uh, the previous record was Paul Shutt of Capital in 2019, 46.51. So literally a tenth of a second um, shaved out there. A little closer in the 100 freestyle. But Milo Shoe, two new state records in the 50 and 100 free. Pretty good. Yeah, and then I he was involved in some of those um, relays as well for Boise. And so, you know, he, he, he cleaned up, as the kids say, right, at, at state swimming. He had a... A busy event going up and down on the on that podium all afternoon. Definitely, uh, Ben Stuckey of Boise also set a new state record in the 200 individual medley, one minute fifty five point six eight seconds. The previous record was Paul Shut of Capital, uh, one minute fifty six point four five seconds. So, uh, nearly an entire second shaved off there for Ben Stuckey in the 200 individual medley. So, That's a state record as well. It was a bad weekend if you're Paul Shut, right? Um, <laughs> he, he had he had two of his um, state state records broken. So if anybody had a bad week at state swimming, it was him. Obviously, long and gone now on the greener pastures. But uh, th those records didn't sit for a long time in the record books. That's for sure. Yeah, you know, I think that's going to be the title of our podcast: "A Bad Week for Paul Shut <laughs> of Capital." <laughs> That's going to be funny. Um, it's true, though. <laughs> yes. Um, and so the Boise Parade. And then we should mention that Paul Shutt um, is competing in the men's swimming and diving uh, program at Missouri in the SEC. So, you know, Paul Shutt's doing just fine. <laughs> Former Capital High Eagle, now Missouri right, Tiger. Sure. But, um, okay. And then Tyler Quarterman of Boise was a double winner in the 200 freestyle and the 100 backstroke. Um, and then you had Shoe, Quarterman, and Stuckey all contribute to two uh, relay champions as well. The 200 medley relay champs, it was Shoe, Quarterman, Stuckey, and Connor Penser. And then it was Shoe, Quarterman, Stuckey, and Jasper Shoe in the 400 freestyle, also champions there. And then Blake Edis of Boise also won the 100 butterfly with a time of 52.63. So the Boise boys dominate. Uh, over to the girls' competition in the pool, the 5A. Uh, Lake City won the title from up north, but Timberline took second at 229 points. Boise was third with 186. And really, uh, for Timberline, you saw Ellie McFarland win uh, the 50 and 100 freestyle competition, so she was a double winner. Kathy Nye of Timberline won the 100 breaststroke. And then Timberline won both the 200 medley relay and the 400 freestyle relay. The 200 medley relay was uh, Nye McFarland, Kimberly Lee, and Zoe uh, Bitework. And then the 400 freestyle uh, relay champion team was McFarland and Nye. Uh, Bitework was in there. And then Kaylin Bolt. So the Timberline girls performed pretty well this weekend. Yeah, second place for them. And then Boise in third place. So again, two of the top three coming from District 3, right? So... Obviously, didn't get it done. Lake City guys there, but hey, I'll take I'll take four of the top six any day. Not bad, <laughs> definitely. And then uh, Kayla Wachowski of Boise uh, was a two uh, 
double champ in the 200 individual medley and the 500 freestyle. The, the, that's the most rigorous one, the 500 freestyle. I mean, her time of five minutes, 13.44 seconds. That's that's like the endurance competition. In that's the a lot of time swimming that's, in the pool. That's for sure. Yeah, it's, it's I a do lot. one. I do one cross and I'm like, I'm done. I'm good. I'm, I'm done here. Right. I, I can, I do okay in the pool. Cause I've got the big wingspan like Michael Phelps. And so, uh, oh, but then, there you go. but then I've got a lot of body weight to pull. So it, it, it all cancels out. <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> <I hear> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. For a competition and really there's only five, a four, a in swimming, right? Any, any school right. that's smaller than four, a competes at four, a kind of like soccer. Um, <clears throat> okay. For a, uh, boys side. Uh, actually, let's start with the girls because on the 4A girls side, uh, your state champion was Skyview. But look at how close this competition was, Logan. Skyview won the title with 209 points. Bishop Kelly was second with 208. The Hawks won by a single point over BK for the 4A girls swim title. Yeah, it's as close as you can get it, right? That was right in there. And, and between the blowouts we saw at some of the other levels, it is fun to see a tight one like that, even though – uh, it's a little rough, right, uh, that somebody has to lose by a point, but it definitely makes it, from the fans' point of view and for our enjoyment, it makes it a little bit nicer, but from it, for everybody else, a, a little uh, more stressful and kind of probably harder to swallow for those people on the other side. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Nicole Dumitrascu and Brianna Ruark were double winners. Brianna Ruark has been a phenomenal swimmer for. She's one of those competitors that feels like it's been. She's been there forever for Skyview. I mean, uh, the Ruark name has been there a long time. So uh, Dumitrascu wins the 200 uh, individual medley, the 100 backstroke. Ruark won the 100 butterfly and the 500 freestyle. We talked about that rigorous 500 freestyle. Ruark won that competition. Mm. Uh, Sadie Schaefer uh, from Skyview, uh, also a champion. She won the 50 freestyle. And then they had two relays that were state champions as well. Dumitrascu, Ruark, Schaefer, and Camille Tindall uh, won the 200-yard medley relay. And then Dumitrascu, Ruark, Tindall, and Gracie Husky won the 400 freestyle relay. So Skyview cleaning up with a lot of individual wins. So you're wondering, how did BK you know, only finished a point off. BK had a lot of other high placers. They didn't have a lot of individual winners, but high placers is what the Knights did. So, um, although they did right, have a, yeah. a, a, a congrats to all them. Yes. Uh, they did have a double champ. Gabriella Stanton won the one and the two free, uh, the 100 freestyle, 200 freestyle. And then Stanton, Caitlin Giffen, uh, Amelia Crawford, Lucy Penna were the 200 freestyle relay champs from Bishop Kelly as well. Uh, the 4A boys competition was really uh, spread out. This was the most competitive where you had a lot of teams kind of all stealing points from each other. Bishop Kelly took second in the competition with 150 points. Uh, Shay Stratton, a double champ for BK, 100 backstroke, 200 individual medley. And then Stratton teamed up with uh, Daniel Nye, Cameron Shower, and Adam Hansen to win the 200-yard medley relay as well. So BK boys uh, did pretty well in the pool two weeks ago. And again, congratulations to the Boise boys and the Skyview girls for bringing home state championships. And then I think the other big winner from state swimming a couple weeks ago, Logan was the state of Idaho. You know, last week 
uh, during one of our football games that we were broadcasting on IdahoSports.com, I got to do an interview with Ty Jones, the executive director of the IHSAA, and he said it was nice to just have everybody back in one place <laughs> where there weren't all these swimming competitions being held around the state you know, because of the pandemic. It was nice to have everybody back in one facility, and it was nice to have fans back in the facility this year as well. That was the other big winner with the fans. Right. Yeah, definitely. It's always, you know, the last couple of years, it's crazy to look back and think that it's been almost three years since that whole COVID stuff uh, began to happen and, and how it really threw everything out of whack. And I, you know, I was putting some stuff together for something uh, on the, on the back end business side of Idaho sports that uh, the boring stuff. And, you know, it's this, this year is the first full, this is going to be the first full school year where everything is normal. Right. Basketball seemed pretty normal last year, but we, I mean, we forget that football was still a little off even last season. Um, and so it, we've, we've come a long way in the last year and it's, it's great. It's great for everybody involved. Definitely. All right. Well, let's speaking of football, let's, let's move into what happened in the state championships this past weekend in football. Treasure Valley went 0 three, but man, three really close competitive games. I think the most exciting game was the 5A championship. I guess we'll start there. Meridian was playing Rigby. Meridian had a, what, 21-7 to lead, and Rigby came roaring back to win 28-21. Yeah, so fourth quarter, too. It was 21-7, and, and Rigby just fought their way back. Um, and, I, and I don't know. I've seen different things out there, heard different people say, you know, what happened with Meridian. They kind of – Meridian was in control of that game. I, and I will say that from a, I have no dog in that fight at all. I did not go to either school. I don't, nothing. I have no ties. Um, Meridian was in control. Now, again, football is just a funny game, right? Where it doesn't matter um, who's necessarily in control the whole game. A couple plays here and there and, and you know, some grit in the last five minutes can change the game. Um, but for those first three quarters, Meridian was in control. That Meridian defense was very good. And I, I came into that game thinking that Rigby was going to score. That my opinion was that Rigby was going to score. Can Meridian score too? And it, it turns out Rigby did score. Um, but uh, offensively, really only one more point than Meridian. As it was 21, it was 22 to 21. Um, and then an, it was, the ball got knocked out of Martinez's hand late. Um, you could call it a fumble. You could call it an interception. It didn't hit the ground either way. So whatever you want. Um, and it was run back to the house for a touchdown um, by Rigby with about a minute and a half left to go. But um, I don't, I don't know. I, I just think that Meridian kind of the offense just, I, I don't know. They, they kind of ran out of gas there towards the end of the game. And I don't know what happened I, I i don't know it just i don't know if it was the the different you know i was down on the field and so sometimes not being up high you can't get a full grasp of exactly you know maybe where the play calling is changing but it just seemed like they they kind of i don't know they went away from what they were doing early on and you know they returned a kick in the second half and got down inside the 10 and, and didn't score any points off of it um and, and you know you just can't have things like that but they also they turned the ball over on Rigby, right? So Rigby had a play where they were down inside the 10 and Freeman got it stripped from his arms. Meridian picked it up at the goal line. So they, I mean, they were stopping Rigby. Teams were going back and forth. It was, it, 
at the end of the day, it was just a classic 5A state championship between the best two teams in the state, to be honest. I mean, that at the end of the day, I think that's what it was. It was just the best two teams, and somebody had to win that game, and it was going to come down to, the, to a one-possession game, which which is exactly what it did. Yeah, it was uh, Nathan Reynolds played really well. The the All-State linebacker for Meridian, uh, he had an interception yeah. early in the game. He forced a fumble and recovered a fumble late in the contest. Yeah, Meridian forced uh, a couple of turnovers on defense, ran the ball, controlled the clock. They, they executed their game plan to perfection, except for that fourth quarter, like you mentioned, Logan Ware. They just had a couple of drive stuff. They to me, and again, I didn't see any of the game. I wasn't there, but to me, it seemed like Meridian's game plan was control the clock, force some turnovers, and in the fourth quarter, they just they couldn't pick up first downs when they needed to to extend yes. drive. Yeah, they just they just weren't getting it done. I think Rigby adjusted, and it was really funny because I was right there down there on the sideline. Um, and Meridian got out to a quick start. Uh, and they got up 14-0 almost like that in, in that one. And I heard uh, head coach um, Gonzalez, right, from um, from Rigby. Yeah. Um, is that his last name, right? Yeah, Gonzalez. <laughs> I, I said too many people's name over the last week. <laughs> yeah. So he, he, he was saying, guys, stop with the big plays. We can stop the run. And he, you know, he was saying that we got the run. Uh, it's just the big plays. And they had given up a couple big plays. And they, they shut down the run. I mean, Meridian was able to move the ball and control the clock. But at the end of the day, they didn't punch it in the end zone. They had a missed field goal uh, there as well that factored into that. Um, you know, they, honestly, making that field goal probably makes some sort of difference because Rigby scored with about two minutes left, um, got it to a one-point one game, and they went for two and took the lead. You know, if that field goal is good, even with the two-point conversion, you have the lead and you get the ball. And you're probably not coming out throwing. Martinez doesn't fumble that ball, intercept it, whatever it is. I, 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 w- I would be very confident that Meridian could have could have eaten up the, the last two minutes. So, you know, that that that's retrospect, right? You know, you, you look at different things here and there. But at the end of the day, it just somebody was going to win that game and somebody was going to lose it. And it was a shame, but a great environment. They, they did not open the upper deck there at Albertsons, but the lower was completely full on both sides. It was awesome. I mean, it was loud down there for some of the plays, and and it was a great environment, great for all the kids, the fans. Rigby bought, brought a ton of people. Um, that whole Rigby side was full, um, and obviously the Meridian side as well. Um, I think some people were might have gotten mixed up on sides. I saw a couple of uh, blue and yellow um, outfits in the Rigby section, <laughs> And it just gave me a little chuckle, but I think there just was, there was no space on the Meridian side. Um, so that, I mean, that doesn't, that's not football related, but just kind of an interesting note. Um, but, uh, but, but, but a great night. I mean, it was a good event, a great state tournament game. I don't, you can't ask for a better state tournament that comes down to the last two minutes of the game. Yeah, it, it was a really fun yeah. game, and Rigby wins 28-21, uh, the final there. So Meridian still in search of their first uh, state championship in football since 2007, but they had an incredible season, obviously, and uh, one loss yeah. on the year, and it came at the, the last uh, game of the season. So um, what what was more – uh, oh, go ahead, Logan. I was going to say, people. I think people maybe don't realize that these two teams have probably played two of the best – games in Idaho in the past two seasons, right? 
Last year they had a triple overtime game at Meridian, and then this one went down to the wire too. These two, it's a budding rivalry, I think, right? That that they know that those two are going to play close, and it's going to be a good game. And so I'm excited. I would love to see those two meet again next year. And and you know what, Rigby just it seems they just reload at quarterback, right? What they've had three different guys win the state championship for them over the last four years. Um, and, and all of them are going to play great football at the next level, probably I would assume. Um, so it's fun to see that from, from the rugby side, at least. Yeah. Keegan Thompson uh, yeah. won the first title. He's at Idaho state university and then tiger Adolfo. Uh, and he's now at Weber state and Luke flowers, the current quarterback has an offer from Arizona. So you're looking at possibly three division one quarterbacks in a row for rugby, which is just crazy <laughs> to think about from our, from our state of Idaho, but, but that's awesome and exciting yeah. for them for sure. And there's, there's some D one guys on that Meridian team as well. So what, what do you think is the more excruciating defeat Meridian's loss uh, at the end against Rigby when they were up 21, seven in the fourth, or is it Homedale's loss on Saturday to sugar? Salem? I think it's Homedale, Brandon. I think it's Homedale. I think, I mean, I, I get it. Meridian hasn't won a state championship since 2007. They, they, they've done it in some other sports, you know, you know, basketball just came off the state championship a couple years ago. Um, and then they're kind of getting back, but Homedale, I tell you what, I, I, you don't want to, you don't want to say anybody's the Buffalo bills from the nineties, but I tell you what, it's gotta, it, Homedale is looking like that. And I, I just feel, I feel bad for them. Like they are just Again, so they lose to Sugar Salem again. Sugar Salem has ended their season four years in a row, or I think five years in a row. They yep. they three in a row were in a state championship. Last year was the semifinals, and this year again in the state championship. And it, it, it it's it's tough. And they were right there. That was a that was a slugfest, a punch for punch for punch. And and Homedale, and I think Homedale, they it, it's going to haunt them because they had chances. That's the thing is that they they stripped a fumble on the opening kickoff of the game right so so homedale kicked off sugar salem got the ball and 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 homedale took it away no points um late in the second quarter homedale was driving deep and they fumbled the ball at the three yard line and there, it was one where there was a lot of discussion whether or not it was a fumble or not and i happened to be right there and i got a i got a picture of it and you i mean you can see that he was he wasn't down, um, and it, it stinks. And you could hear the argument from the. I think it was Trenton Fisher that was running the ball. He said that his ankle was down. Now I can't confirm or deny that, but it just this is tough. Like you were three yards away from punching that in, um, and and there was a couple. And I'm not gonna. I am not gonna sit here and say whether they were good calls or bad calls, but there was a couple pass interference calls in that game that aided to Sugar Salem continuing on. Now. Not just in the final drive. So the final drive there, you know, where home or sugar went down and scored. Yes, there was one. There was a couple of others that 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 could have gone either way um, in that. And and it just I think Homedale will look at the tape and just say it was right there. And and it was. It was right there. They just and you know they led that game fifteen to fourteen. They took the lead. They faked the extra point, which was awesome. And they were down on a knee to take it, spun out and threw it into the end zone. It was a great play to take the lead late in that one. Uh, but then Sugar comes down and, and scores, and then and then Sugar got the ball back with I think three minutes left. And Homedale just they just couldn't stop them, and, and Sugar ran out the clock. So 
you know what? I, I'm going to lean Homedale on that just because of past history. And I, and I felt like they had a shot at it. Um, and they, they, they were, they were right there. Yeah. It was brutal to see that uh, unfold on Saturday and where Homedale down 16, 15 had one final drive where they were driving and it came down to a fourth and two and Fisher, you know, stretches for the first down, right. And they got to bring the chains out and what couple inches short on that. Yeah. Well, he was, I was surprised they measured it because he was almost a full yard short, um, at least from my eye. Um, but, but, uh, that was an interesting set of downs there. I think they had it like second and three and they could not, they could not pick up three yards. So, Hey, you know what? Credit to sugar Salem. Like I'm not saying that it was all Homedale's fault or whatever it is, but sugar's defense was tough. I mean, both defenses were very good. Those are two offenses that score at will on whoever they want and put up a, a gazillion points every week. And they, they, they did not this week. Those defenses were very good. They forced turnovers. They punched each other in the mouth. And it was just kind of who is going to squeak some points out here and there. And three touchdowns to two touchdowns at the end of the day, that's that's the difference. But Homedale had their chances. I, I guess that's that's my point at the end of it is that they had they had shots. You know, they were inside the 20 multiple, at least twice, right, on the opening kickoff, then late in the game, three times, I'll say, and then the fumble where they came away with no points. And and that's more than Sugar Salem can say, to be honest. Like Sugar, they scored when they had the chance. A couple of their scores were on long plays. Um, they didn't really grind it. They had one where Daniel Neal punched it in, the, the game-winning score. He, he one-yard quarterback sneak um, to get in. But, but man, yeah, just, just a tough break for Homedale because I thought they played a really good game. Neal has scored – and I'm exaggerating, but only slightly. Neil has scored like 30 QB sneaks this year, like from the one or two. They just give it to him and he sneaks it in. It's, it's been crazy. And he's a big guy, and he just plowed right through. Like, he just gets up over the line, and that. so that's all you need to do. And you know what? It works, and it worked again, and they were able to get it done. Definitely. So, so Meridian and Homedale kind of had similar themes, right? Missed opportunities, chances to win the game. Um, and now our final game we'll, we'll talk about is the 4A championship where Bishop Kelly took on Skyline. Logan, the final score in this game was Skyline 50, Bishop Kelly 35. At halftime, the game was tied 14-14. <laughs> so there was a lot of action <laughs> in the second half. It, it was crazy. Um, BK well, ran I their, was, their, I was listening. I was listening to you and Scott on the call as to when my game got over. Uh, the the 5A game, and uh, I mean, I made it almost all the way back to Middleton before you guys were three minutes into the second half. Like, it it, it took a long – there was just so much going on there in that second half. Yeah, it was crazy. So, BK ran their game plan to perfection yeah. in the first half for each side. Only really had two possessions. Skyline had one right before halftime that didn't result in anything. So, it was 14-14 at halftime. And then this, this third quarter was insane. Uh, BK gets the ball to start the second half. Cole Miller gets it at the four-yard line, bobbles it, drops it, picks it up, and takes it 96 yards for a touchdown. BK's up 21-14 all of a sudden. They get flagged for an excessive celebration penalty, though. And that ended up being, you know, looming large because from there, 
BK decided to squib kick it to Skyline. Skyline gets it at the 46-yard line, their own 46. One play later, they throw a screen to Kenyon Sadiq. He's gone for a touchdown, Logan. We were not even 20 seconds into the third quarter, and both sides had already scored a touchdown, 21 all. It was, it was insane. And then from there, I mean, you want special teams. This was the quarter for you. Uh, we had then Skyline came down and scored again to go up uh, 29 to 22. And then Skyline decides to go for the onside kick. And Bishop Kelly recovers it, but flag comes out, illegal procedure against Skyline. Basically, not everybody was set. So you got to move it back, you know, 10 yards and kick again. Skyline goes for the onside kick a second time, knowing that it has to travel now, you know, 15 plus yards before they can recover. And Skyline recovers the onside kick. I mean, the cojones on for, for Scott Berger, the head coach for Skyline, <laughs> yeah. to go for that twice was nuts. It was insane. And if you haven't seen that play, look at our Instagram page. It's a it's a reel on there. There's a great shot of it. It just takes like a boom like a big bounce right at the end and just gets over everybody and just dies right in there. I think the caption on it said textbook onside kick. And there's, you know, three smart A's on there that are like, that's not textbook, but and that, there is no textbook onside kick. The textbook says, kick it and get it. That's what the textbook says. Does it not? It doesn't say it must do this to be, it says, kick it and get it. That's what it says. By definition, yeah. that was an, an, a textbook yeah. onside kick, and they got it. It, it. it is great. It is a thing of beauty. It, it is fun to watch it. I, I catch myself watching it again and again. Uh, but man, it, it, tough for Bishop Kelly that you know just a couple of just bad mistakes um, at the end. And it, like you said, the score probably doesn't indicate uh, how good of a game that really was. Yeah, so just in terms of special teams in that second half, we had Cole Miller return the kickoff for Bishop Kelly for a touchdown. We had Skyline get the onside kick two separate times. By the way, Dietrich also recovered an onside kick in the first game of the doubleheader Friday, Logan. So I saw two successful onside kicks in a row, back-to-back. It was, it was just nuts. Uh, so, okay, so Cole Miller returns. The, yeah, Cole Miller takes the kickoff back for the touchdown. Skyline recovers the onside kick. Skyline blocked a PAT from Bishop Kelly and then Kenyon Sadiq uncorked like a 60 yard punt that was downed at the one yard line. That was all in the second half of action. Oh, just these wild special teams plays that really swung the momentum. But at the end of the day, Bishop Kelly couldn't stop skylines offense and that's fine. There's a lot of teams that can't stop skylines offense, but then you got to be able to trade blows with them. And Bishop Kelly just had a couple of empty possessions and that ultimately did them, but they hung tough for really, you know, three quarters of that game and um, nothing to be ashamed about. If you're a BK fan, that skyline team is just really good. It almost seemed like skyline got a nice slap to the face when they lost to Bonneville, right. You know, kind of, they kind of been a little bit groggy. I thought through the season um, they get beat and that's just an ultimate what happened. And then ever since then they go on to win all their games and, Kind of wasn't really close the rest of the season for Skyline. Maybe just a little wake up call that they needed in that game. And hey, three in a row uh, for them. They're uh, a, a dynasty at this point, right? I think when you, when you win three in a row, that you, you can say that. And and they're on fire right now, and they're definitely the class of four A football. Yeah, they've won three in a row, Logan, and they've won five of the last seven in four A 
football as well. So they, I mean, this is an extended run that skyline is on for sure. So pretty impressive. Right. Yep. All right. Well, uh, that'll do it for uh, our Treasure Valley prep cast. It's good to be back, Logan. We had a couple of weeks off, and now we're kind of getting back into the groove of things and just in time for winter sports. Yeah. Basketball has started. Uh, spoiler alert, Melba, really, really, really good. We will talk See, about that, Melba. <laughs> oh, go ahead, Logan. That's what I, right, I was going to say real quick before we go. We, somebody should say mention Melba girls basketball because they, they've been laying a licking on people, and they, they beat Columbia real bad. And that's, I mean, a, a good Columbia team um, who's played competitive games against 5A schools, and Melba, Melba put it to them. So that, that's all I want to say. From, from what I've seen so far in girls' basketball, Melba uh, looks good. And, hey, Middleton uh, with a big win over Eagle, uh, and the Vikings sit at 3-0. and So I think uh, they lost a lot of people from last year. A lot of girls uh, gone from that Middleton squad, and and they're three and zero with with a win over Eagle to start the year. So so those are just the two girls basketball quick quick shout outs I wanted to give. Yeah, new basketball coach at Middleton on the girls side, Brad Huter, who uh, coached at Notice for for a really long time, and he's now in charge at Middleton. Uh, so yes, a lot of girls basketball, boys basketball will start. Uh, in two weeks, wrestling is getting going. We're, we're, and we're going to have a ton of preview content on our site. Right now, you can see the preseason coaches polls for all of the girls' basketball conferences around the state of Idaho, how the coaches voted. Uh, girls' basketball previews will be up on our site this week. Uh, boys' basketball previews will will follow. We're going to have a ton of wrestling coverage. We're going to have preseason rankings and wrestling. And we're bringing back this year for wrestling, Logan, individual rankings each and every week. We're going to rank the individual wrestlers by weight class. It's going to be a lot of fun. And so we're really going to step up our wrestling game this winter as well. But uh, we'll, we'll take uh, the rest of this week for the holiday, and then we'll get back into the winter sports scene here at IdahoSports.com. Should be a lot of fun. Yeah, Brandon, should be, should be fun to see how everything shakes out. Definitely. All right, Logan. Well, enjoy your Thanksgiving at the in-laws and uh, everybody out there that's watching or listening. Happy Thanksgiving. If you're traveling somewhere, get there safely. You know, our thoughts uh, will be with you as you're as you're traveling and navigating this, this time of year can be uh, somewhat treacherous. So uh, and we'll see you all back here again next week for another edition of the Treasure Valley Prepcast on IdahoSports.com.